sip of water. Sip this coffee. <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't get was coffee this morning. I was right. trying to. Yeah, yeah. Are you um? Are you located? Are you like in Pennsylvania? Are you in Baltimore? Yeah, like, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm Pennsylvania. in Harrisburg. Harrisburg. I'm okay. sure you know a lot of the same people. Okay, <laughs> and I, it was funny because I did know that, like in the, in the film, I did notice some. I was like, oh, they're on. They're obviously on City Island and part of that film and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, and and you've been around like that area for a while. Yeah, I went to Central Central York High. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Uh huh. All right, all right. We're gonna get into it. All right, all right. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Hey, yo, what it is and what's good, y'all? Welcome back to 280 Plus, the social media podcast where I take the conversations off the timeline and go beyond the tweets. I'm your host, Los Def, and uh, today we got a real special guest, a uh, real dope uh, content creator. We're going to get into that. Uh, but yeah, uh, introduce yourself. All right. Well, my name is Tira Arrington. Um, a lot of people know me by Gold Chain Diva. Um, I'm, as you said, um, a social media content creator, but not just that, a blogger, a director, producer. I wear yeah. many hats. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And, uh, you know, yeah, this has been kind of like uh, this. This has been a little bit of process. Yeah, you know I mean, like, you know, this is like kind of like a long time in the making, but I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm able to get you on the show. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a big project that she has out right now. Um, a short film. Uh, we're gonna break that down and, and get into all that. Um, but um, like, so um, yeah, I do hear the accent. So, are you you're from are you from Baltimore originally? Yes. Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> Why? Whoa! What, what was the face? Well, about? so it's no, it's just funny because people always say they can hear the accent, and I never think I have an accent. I've been moved out of Baltimore for so many years now, but I guess because I go back so often, I got family there. You can yeah. still hear. <laughs> okay okay I mean, technically i gotta claim york because i've been in york most of my adult life so i gotta say i'm from york okay i respect respect and uh but and probably like being from there you probably think that like people in the 717 area like we probably got an accent too right yeah 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 like <laughs> how would you describe our, how would you describe our accent like you know what i mean because y'all have a distinct like y'all say certain words a certain way you know what i mean like the the two cent, the two, and and all that. But like, what? How would you like characterize our accent? You know, what I mean, up here. I don't know. I never asked that question before. I'm not really sure how I would classify it, but I know for a fact we definitely got lingo. Like, ain't like yeah, saying, yeah. I don't know if people still say ain't, but I still say ain't. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I, I've heard people say that even like like here, like we sound kind of country, like whatever. And I was like, I, I never thought about that, but you know what I mean, but I guess so. I mean, it might be the Pennsylvania Dutch thing. <laughs> Dang, I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't know if that permeates as much as people think, you know what I'm saying? But maybe it does, maybe it does. And and that's just me uh, not realizing it as well. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so you got your own podcast, you got your own platform. And like you said, you've been a blogger, a go chain diva, like even wh where does that come from? Like where, where, where that name? come from even like so gold chain diva was my first ever instagram name and i just stuck with it because it was it was a phase of my life where i was just obsessed with two chains oh okay okay <laughs> so i was just like how can i make this my own thing and i was like you know what i wear i wear a lot of jewelry all the time i always got a gold chain on so gold chain diva okay. never see me without a gold chain i mean you, today i don't have a gold chain on but most of the days 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up. So, how long have you been in like the media space and doing blog, like blogging and, and things oh like that? Oh my gosh, for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. I started my blog, Comic Us, in 2014. I actually started it like when I was in my senior year of college. It was just something that I did like to try to get jobs because I was going to school for marketing. Okay. So a lot okay. of marketing jobs like want to see you have blogging experience and stuff like that. So I was just like, you know what? Let me just start my own blog. And it just kind of took a life of its own. It started off as a blog. It's like, you know, I had my own website and everything. Then I moved it over to social media. And then eventually it started turning into interviews and just other things. Okay. Okay. And, and like, I guess your show has kind of evolved over the years. Like, you know what I mean, like it had different names or like, is it just different? I mean, cause now it's the sister talk, right? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd like to think that the no shade zone still exists. I just, okay. I'm only one person. I can only focus on, you know, one thing at a time. Um, so no shade zone still exists. But right now, like you said, the Sister Talk podcast is definitely my priority. Um, I do that with one of my good friends from high school. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So and what was no shade zone? What was that about? Like, what was, what was the premise so of that? So the or, you know? whole thing when it first started, well... The name came from my number one rivalry, even to this day, is the um, Shade Room. That's your rivalry? Oh, yeah, legitimately. Why? Why? You got you got smoke with some of them over there. Well, so, all right, legitimately, <laughs> from the beginning, I always, it was Comic Sauce, No Shade, Just Juice, because I feel like the Shade Room does a lot for our people as far as downing us, promoting us in a negative light. And I wanted to be the exact opposite of that. I wanted to be a positive media platform, all things positive. So that was number one. Okay. But number two, I actually made a post that on my page, I'm a small fish in a big pond. Didn't yeah. go as far, but the shade room stole that post. What? Reworked the post, took my logo off of it, reposted it. What? Yeah. So from that nah. day, the shade room no more <laughs> wow. uh, so even even so if content comes out and you do even you don't even follow them you're saying you don't no even... i don't even follow them because okay. for, for a reason at this point <laughs> yeah yeah well it's funny because like a lot of them they all they all use the same stories anyway you know what i'm saying and obviously uh i i i don't i'm gonna say i'm a fan of the shade room because yeah I, there is a negativity I mean, it's, it's no sh it's no shame to say that it's no shame to say that <laughs> What that what what to say what? What that you a fan of the shade room? It's no shame. I well, mean, you know, I, what the thing is, because like, yeah, there was a there was a time where like I think it was really nasty. I feel like they've tried to expand, and the only my problem is with them is I think they get into certain spaces that they don't have no business being in, like like because they don't give enough information. Like when they get into politics and stuff like that, it's all it be it feels so clickbaity. You know, and it's like, and I don't think they give enough information because they know people aren't really reading like what everything that they're saying. They're just going off of like the headline and whatever, whatever's in the caption. And then they just let the comment section just go crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't really respect some of that, but like, you know, a lot of them use like, and I use some of their content in terms of like a starter point, like, oh, like right, what, what's right. going on, but like ball alert, similar, um, uh, say cheese, a voice show, you know, like there's a lot. Yeah, so yep. yeah, so there's a lot that kind of, and and it's funny because like it's it's like a regular news cycle because and they all just use the same kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's that's interesting though. Like they, I, I I I hope to get big enough that they steal something from me. You know, what I'm saying I ain't gonna I lie. Mean, like, it, well, it definitely was a gift and a curse. You kind of like it made me feel like okay, 
at least I'm doing something right because they stole it from me. But at the same time, it was like, but y'all really stole it from me. Like, y'all could have put me on. Y'all yeah, tagged tag me. me something like. Like, you know, could have helped me out. Yeah. Well, you know that they they, they want you to pay for that type of promotion. Exactly. Know? Exactly. You yep. Know. Yep. But to answer your um, initial question, the No Shade Zone basically was just interviewing um, local businesses, people who are doing positive things in the community. Um, and just kind of bring that to the forefront and kind of give them that, that type of promo in this area. So I did a lot of with, um, you know, people that are well known in the New York area. Okay. Okay. That's good. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of do some of the similar things, um, you know, just kind of more, or, you know, I guess, you know, just organic type of promotion, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, yeah, definitely trying to highlight um, the people that's moving and shaking and, and doing things out here. That's what we do here on the 280 plus podcast as well. So I'm glad to have you. And um, so, yeah, let's, let's talk about uh, vicious cycles. All right. So okay. uh, vicious cycles, Malik's redemption, um, we're going to talk about some specific pieces. I, we don't, we're not going to give the, the ending away, right? Because I do want people to watch this. And, and you know, a good thing about like sometimes, like even a, a, you, you make a film, it's almost timeless. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes podcasts are stuff like, you know, it gets dated because obviously we're talking about trending things, whatever. Um, but like, you know, something like that, like even if it came out, you know, a month or two ago, you know, you could, it could still, it could still hit, you know what I mean? At some point in time. So we, you know, I definitely want people to, to tune in, um, but it definitely is a good project overall. Um, I, I like some things on it, but like, if you could, um, just for the audience, could you give us like a synopsis of what, what Malik's, uh, what Vicious Cycles is, you know what I'm saying? All right. So um, you may not know this, but Malik's Redemption is actually a part two. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> it's actually a part two. I feel ashamed to say that I don't promote part one as much just because that one did not turn out the way I wanted it to at all. It's still a hood classic. Okay. But okay. The quality is like... I mean, you it's day and night. From that one to this one, you can see the difference. Okay. Um, but to answer your question, Vicious Cycles um, is a short film about a love triangle, Malik, Whitney, and um, Karen. I was about to say the, the real person's name, Karen. Um, <laughs> and basically, the main character, he is a dog in the first film. I mean, he's a complete... Oh. <laughs> He's a complete butthole. So on the second one, you get to see his redemption. You get to see why he is the way that he is. Uh, we explore, like, you know, his childhood trauma. We explore, like, different things as far as generational curses, colorism, stuff like that. Um, and basically, it's a power play. The main character has to come to a decision. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So yep. is the, so the first so the first one's called vicious cycles. Just vicious cycles. Just vicious cycles. Okay. Wow. I, I gotta I gotta check that. I gotta find that, John. It's, it's on YouTube. Okay. I don't have it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna dig into that. All right. Because now now they open. Because yeah. Because like I ain't gonna lie. Like watching it, um, it did feel like. Like there wasn't much, um, like of an exposition, Concept. like the like exposition, like they weren't you, like you didn't introduce characters. It was just kind of like you kind of threw us in there. So I was just exactly kinda, so and you I, had to kind of follow it a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But it was it was still easy to follow. But right, right, yeah, I definitely um should probably should have told people more that it was a part two. But like I said, it the first one was not a hundred percent my work. So okay, okay. I, I feel like uh, I don't want that to be tied to my name like that. But I mean, it's still mine. Okay. But, 
It could have been way better. <laughs> okay, okay. So then, I guess then, what is the the inspiration behind like vicious cycles? Like, is it is this like some true story? Is it just like kind of social commentary? Like, what is where did this come from? This I, this concept of this? Yeah, I mean this this whole series, um, I guess. So vicious cycles was born because of a situation that I was going through at the time with a guy. Okay. Um, ex and that on top of. I want to say, because the first one came out a few years ago. So I want to say maybe back in like 2017, we were in this climate on social media where I couldn't get on social media without seeing a black guy downplay a black woman. And as a black woman, it bothered. Okay. And so, you know, just dealing with that in my personal life and also just seeing it everywhere, it was something that I wanted to bring to the forefront. Um, it ultimately was born from... I got a group of people, group of friends, family together. We did like a roundtable discussion and basically just talked about the social issues and, you know, different experiences that they had. Okay. And from there, I just wrote a script, you know, kind of just putting all of those pieces together. And we're here. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's dope. That's dope. So, all right. That's that's good. That's good. So it, it there is some, you know, like I said, inspired by true events, you know what I mean? And things like that. I like I like that. You know what I mean? Um, but even even if it was just a fictional thing, that's that's still dope too. Like, like I said, because there is some heavy content in there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and we're gonna get into some of that. Um, but like so how do so how do you go about like casting like something like this? Did you um is it what cause I know you do have some family in it but like right. did you like did you do auditions did you just kind of reach out to people did people reach out to you how do you do that so the first one like I said um that one just I mean I, it started from a thought and I luckily had friends and friends that believed in my vision enough to be like you know what I want to help you bring this to life nice. so when it came to now Malik's redemption you know I had other family members and friends that are like you know what it would be cool. Like, I want to try to do this. So I was like, okay, we can do it. Now, the crazy story is, once you go back to the first one, you'll realize that some of the characters, like the people that played the characters changed. Oh, so you did like a light skin and Viv type thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, got and Viv. Two characters did. <laughs> okay, okay. It's not by choice. Um, the original person who played Whitney's character, she, you know, real life people, they going through real life stuff, they working and stuff like that. So... She had, you know, life issues. She couldn't come back to the cast. Okay. And then the lead character, Malik, from the first one, I try to tiptoe around this subject because he definitely burnt me. Like, at the last minute, basically oh. stopped answering my phone calls. Oh, wow. And left me hanging. So to answer your question, I did have to do some auditions, and that's how I found a new Malik. Wow, so your main wow, your main character is recast. Like Yep, my main character is recast. Wow, that's it. the very last minute. Like literally, I had a month to figure out who was gonna play Karen. I mean not Karen, who was gonna play Whitney and yeah. who was gonna play Malik. And Whitney is the side is the side yes, girl. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Man, all right, so all right, so now all right, it kind of makes sense then why like maybe you know you kind of started fresh and like maybe not promoting the first one because like people probably would be confused a little bit like like and, oh, well and when you do go back and see the first one we did do redo some of the scenes from the first one just okay. to draw that connection that they were the same people 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. That's good. So like, I guess for like the person that's watching and like, they're kind of interested and, you know, they want to, they want to make a short film, um, things like that, or just get into this kind of space. Um, I guess what, what are some of the challenges you face? I guess you explain some of them when it comes to like casting, but like, what are some other challenges that you kind of face when you're doing something, a project like this? I mean, um, I think most of my lessons absolutely came from that first film. Okay. Uh, one of the biggest challenges was trusting somebody else with my vision. Yeah. Um, the first one I had never touched a camera before in my life. Okay. So I trusted people who had the equipment, who had you know somewhat experience to be able to guide me. Um, in reality, I should have done my research. You know, I should have learned the bits and pieces of what it took to put a whole production together in the first place. Okay. Like I kind of really just jumped into it with the first one. Um, script writing. That was the biggest one because yeah. it's very easy to oversimplify a script. Yes. Yes. Okay. Actors just sitting there trying to improvise and that's how things just go, you know, all over the place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, you know, script writing, I definitely had to, like, flesh that out. Like, this time around, I took a whole year just on the script. I took time to, like, get into the mind of the character. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a main. So, obviously, for me to channel some of the emotions that the main character had to go through, I had to get inside the mind of a man. How would okay. he deal with those scenarios? Okay. Um, and then the most, I think the biggest thing really is equipment funds. Yes. You know, that type of stuff. We yeah. over we underestimate how much money it takes to put into a project like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I have I have a couple friends that are into filmmaking, and um, you know, one of my one of my friends was just like um, cause he he has a short film, and it actually took off on YouTube. Um, it's called uh, God Bless You, and uh, he ended up he ended up hiring like real some real actors, whatever. And he was mm -hmm. just like, yeah, man. Sometimes when it comes to like creating films he was like it's you know like you know it's it's good to have people that you know will help you out and do stuff for free he's like but sometimes free is more expensive you know what i mean like it, it was something along those lines where like free, free <laughs> oh, stuff no, is it, always more expensive you, know I mean? you can only demand so much from somebody who is doing it just off of the strength <laughs> so Definitely. i mean that honestly that's probably the biggest lesson right there okay um, okay hopefully crossing my fingers Next film, we'll be getting some funding to get real actors because that's that's the, the wave I'm going on too. Nice. Um, like I'm appreciative of everybody who helped me because they definitely, you know, helped the vision come to life. But it's like it's something different to take a person who does this for a living. Yeah, they'll be able to bring it across a lot differently. Definitely, definitely. And so, man, that's crazy because we I might be talking to the next Issa Rae right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like that's how she started. You know what I mean? She. <laughs> You know, kind of organic, just kind of filmmaking. And then, you know, people had a good reception and then, you know, she kind of took off. But um, so what has been the reception of this film so far? You know what I mean? Everybody loved it. Um, okay. Even the first one, like the first one, I wasn't even going to release that one. Okay. We went through the whole process and because it didn't come out the way that I saw it, I held on to it for at least a year before I even released it. Okay. And so people literally love the content. Like the the it's so it it definitely brings a lot of conversations. Yeah. Um yeah. people like can relate to it a hundred percent. Um and as far as the new film, one of the characters that people can connect to the most, and I think like they take a large like bit away from it is Pastor Obedience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
you know, play on words, pastor obedience. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, everything that I've heard has been received well. Like I said, I think it's it, like this second one touched on a lot of things that people deal with, like childhood trauma, 100%. And so I think like, it, it was received very well. Like, I mean, people have been loving it. That's good. That's good. And like I said, hopefully, um, you know, you're just being, you know, hopefully we can give you a little push and and get get you some more eyes on on this project, man. Because like I said, I think it's uh, I think it's good for for the area, good for you, um, and just good for just the community, man. In general, like like I said, we need to be having these kind of conversations, and there's some good stuff in there. And um, I guess last thing about the like about just like the behind the scenes type of stuff, um, like do you have any ideas uh for because I, I, it's funny because I put in my question, like, uh, what would you do the second time around? So, but I guess the third time around, like, do you have, like, is there going to be a part three or are you going to go in a different direction, different genre even? Like, what are you thinking about? So, I do have an idea. Okay. Um, I, I definitely don't want to lose the vicious cycles theme because it's so many cycles that people go through in life that we can put on the front line and say, hey, let's talk about this. Okay. Um, so the next one, I always I had this dream of doing a reality TV show one day because I love reality TV. Nice. So you know, spoiler alert: the next project might incorporate some type of reality TV com- um, component. Wow, that's kind of dope. And I don't know if you've seen there actually is um right now in in Harrisburg Pro Sound Studios they're kind of doing some type of reality show based off of the studio and I don't know what it's going to look like or what they're really trying to do but I don't know have you seen that cuz they did like auditions for it and all that. I'm you know? not it's it's terrible. I've been living here for 6 years okay. and I'm not tapped into Harrisburg the way I should be. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Right, yeah, that's, that's what's up though. But like, that's that's I'm looking forward to that too. Like, cause I yeah, reality TV. I'm that's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Like, I like I like some of that stuff. I like like my my lane is more like the the dating reality stuff. Cause I just like to see like like people interact with like you know in in that kind of world in real time. You know what I mean? Right. Or, well, did, so did you? I'm, I'm gonna take us off topic for a second. Yeah, no, did that's fine. Perfect match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I didn't watch Perfect Match. Uh, my shorty did whatever, and I I understand that that has like a lot of leftover people from some of these other shows, like right. Too Hot to Handle, um, uh, Love is Blind, Love, um, Love is Blind, Married okay. at First Sight. Okay. Oh, okay, Married at Okay. So no, I haven't I haven't got into that. Is it good? Is it worth watching? Is oh, it? Oh, kinda... it's definitely worth watching. I I finished the whole thing already. Yeah, okay. it's definitely worth watching. It's interesting. Okay. Because you you're taking all these people from different shows and putting them together okay, and making okay. them figure out who their perfect match is. Yeah, yeah. So it gets a little messy. <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. I bet. I I, I want to see another season of um uh the ultimatum. I would like to see another season of that. I agree. And then, and then um I I had um so um did you ever watch on HBO? Do you ever watch like F Boy Island? No. That, that's a good one. So I had so season two. I had the winner of season two. One of the winners, the guy, the male winners on on the show, whatever. And he broke it. It was it was a good episode. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. I that's, to check it out. <laughs> yeah, you gotta check that out. His name is uh, Mercedes Knox, and he was kind of like it was funny because he was he he just was so con- he was kind of arrogant a little bit, but um, I kind of fuck with him because 
he just he just he came in with a game plan and he executed like he 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 basically from the beginning he let you know what he what he about to do and it played out exactly like he said and I you know you don't normally see that normally people they kind of like you know over 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 talk or like they kind of seem a little bit too arrogant or cocky and then they're out of here you know what I mean but now nah, he was like he he stuck to his guns and like he really he really won you know what I mean and it was it was dope but um. That's 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 good. That's good. So, let's um, let's talk about the the film um and some of the subject matter in it. And um, so one thing I noticed at the beginning because I I didn't know what this kind of pro what project this was. You know what I mean, like I said, I I wanted to take time to watch it, and, and I didn't want to just kind of you know rush and, and oh all right let's let's just get you on whatever. I, I wanted to kind of dissect it a little bit. And um, so I didn't know what I was necessarily seeing, but at the beginning, um, it felt like there was like a series of like these like poetic vignettes, you know what I mean? And like, what what made you go in that direction? You know what I mean? Because I, I, I thought it was going to be a series of that because it, it's like three in a row, like, you know, right. I, was like, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. This is like, like artsy, you know what I mean? And then, then it kind of gets into like a story, but what made you go into that direction with the the poems and all that? Well, so one of my biggest influences in film is Spike Lee. Um, so I love how Spike Lee incorporates music and things like that into his films and things like that. So for me, the beginning, and I'm also a poet. I am a poet. So some nice. of those poems, some of those words that you hear in the beginning are poems that I wrote. Nice. But low key, people don't notice that beginning part verbatim, some of those parts come from the Bible as well. Okay, okay. The, the Book of Solomon, song, song, you know, song of Sol or song of songs or whatever it is, you know, in your Bible. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The Book of Solomon. Oh. <laughs> it comes verbatim from that. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, now that you say it, like I definitely get Spike vibes from that. You know what I mean? Like how he would do that. Like, and I liked how you you. It seemed like you use like local artists, like in the music. Like the soundtrack was like you know local artists, and I. Yep, everybody was local. Um, I found a couple of those people just from connecting on TikTok. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love doing local artists because I mean they need to get their shine too. Like I, I like yeah. to put on other people that are trying to do things. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So let's um let's get into the actual vicious cycles. You know what I'm saying? And like kind of like that big that big overarching theme. So um you know in general, I guess why why was this like an I guess and you kind of explained a little bit, but like why was this an important story for you to tell? You know what I mean? Cause I I think we often talk about the vicious cycles, like kind of like in passing, but like you decided to make that a like a vocal point. You know what I mean? Focal point of that. So like what what was the reason for that? You know what I mean? Because um I've been going through a lot of my own vicious cycles and like okay. okay. Um the film, even down to the male character, has vicious cycles of myself okay, <laughs> placed okay. it in there um like but yeah that that's basically the influence like I was dealing with a lot in my own life um in this Malik's redemption specifically me going back to my childhood and figuring out what happened in my childhood that made me you know develop I don't know defense mechanisms or whatever like attitudes that I have I had to really think about that yeah. like I want to be in a healthy relationship, but what's holding me back from that? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, and I do believe a lot of people can understand and agree is that it does come from, because they always say, you know, we always find people, if you're a man, you find people like your mom or okay. if you're a woman, you find people like your dad. Okay. And so if you don't deal with those traumas that those, you know, pivotal people played in your life, 
it could come through in your relationship and hold you back. And so that was really my my motivation. My like really, it was therapeutic for me as okay. I'm going through my own thing. You know, I'm I'm living this out as I'm writing it down on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's deep. That's deep. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely, I, I definitely for me, like in terms of like a vicious cycle, um, relationships has to be probably one of the top things for me in my own personal life. Cause yeah, it's like this, maybe like a fear of marriage, um, or, or like just, you know, um, picking the right partner. Cause like, yeah, you see, you see what it looks like when, um, Maybe even your own parents don't work out, whatever, and you don't you don't want that to repeat itself. You know what I mean, maybe you grew up in like a single parent household, or you grew up in a a, a co parenting situation, or something like that, and like just like striving like to to uh, not repeat those things. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's that's definitely that's why this film kind of resonated with me in in terms of that because it's just like yeah, there are some things. I mean, from from childhood, you know, what I mean, I can, I can definitely admit that, you know, what I mean, that it's like, yo, I, I seen this growing up, and it's like, I, I, I try so hard not to, you know, not to repeat certain things, but like, I think certain things kind of like, just they just end up manifesting themselves, I guess, you know, what I mean, because, because it's yeah. almost like it's almost like what you know, you know what I mean, it's just, yeah, that's all you I mean, know. yeah, it, it is exactly that. What you know, if you don't know any better, if you've never seen better, how can you do better? Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's why the theme is what it is, is making people think. Like, you really got to think. Like, a lot of people think that life just happens, but there's a lot of intentionality and growth. Yeah. You have to be intentional if you want to grow. And so that takes reflection. Yeah. <laughs> you have to reflect. So it's just putting that hard, tough conversation in front of people and saying, hey, think about how this is presented in your life. Maybe it's yeah. something you want to achieve in life that you can't get to because you never took the time to introspect. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So I guess then with the vicious cycles, like, um, what are what, what do you think in your estimation? What are some of like the worst vicious cycles that kind of plague us, you know, and the black community as a whole? Like, what do you think? Like, what are some that you notice? Um, definitely the crabs in the barrel mentality. Ooh. Yes. Um, I feel like you know, it's so many of us that are doing great things in twenty twenty three. If we just got over that mentality of, I I got to do it by myself. Yeah. I don't want to see somebody else win. I'm scared they're going to do better than me. If we could just get over that, we really could just pull together, pull our resources together, and everybody can win. It's enough out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with that, and I, I think that's that's I I love my platform in that instance because you know I, I definitely want to give different people a shine you know different people shine and it is tough though because um as a content creator too you you want to be somewhat selective because like you know you want it to be somewhat good quality so like I hate I hate when um I ain't gonna lie I hate when sometimes people ask me to be on the on the podcast and then I kind of you know I kind of look at their content and I'm not I'm not really a fan of their content because I I want to I want to highlight people that I kind of support you know what I mean like I don't want to just you know, because people yeah. say like, oh, you could, yo, you should charge X, Y, and Z for interviews, whatever, whatever. But I'm like, but if I do that, then that means like, I, I feel like I got to accept everybody and I, I don't want it to be that, you know what I mean? But I also don't, but I also want to give people shine. So like, I think it's like a balance. Like, I don't want people to look at me as like a, a gatekeeper either. You know what I mean? Like, right, oh, right. like oh, he, he, I mean, he, like, because there probably are some people that's like, you know, in the wings, they're probably like, yo, man, this dude, like he. He ain't, he ain't been wanting to fuck with me, you know what I mean? Whatever. And it's like, it's not like that. It's just like, 
you know, I, well, I, also, I also want to be a fan of what you do too. You know, what right, I mean? right. I mean, and also as a fellow content creator, I can understand that. I mean, it's your platform. You had the liberty to be selective. I mean, it is what it is. Like everybody has a niche. Yeah, everybody yeah. has a niche, and you can't accept everybody. It's, it's no way around it. Like you know, you want to also, like you said, be a fan. Yeah. But sometimes where you have, and I hate to say it this way, the little people at the bottom that want to just be on a platform, you got to also think about something that can add to your platform and not take away from it. It's your yeah. brand at the end of the day. Your name is on the line. And yeah. people don't understand that. They don't. Yeah, they don't. Especially if they're just getting started, they don't understand branding and they don't understand like, you know, sometimes you kind of got to put the work in, you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to, yeah, you got to, you got to, you know, you got to rub shoulders with certain people. You got to, you know, grease some palms. You got to, you got to support the people that you want to be, because that's the one thing too, is where it's like, people want to be on a platform that have never even seen my platform. You know what I mean? Like, and I know like they never, like they just kind of maybe got wind of it and then they, oh, let me get, and I'm like, can you, can you show me some, you know what I mean? Can you show me some right. love? And then they, you know they, I mean? they underestimate the amount of work that it takes too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, dang, that's that's real. Um, I guess, and just the last thing with the Vicious Cycles, um, I think one of the, yeah, I mean, definitely Crabs in the Barrel is a big one. Um, obviously, you know, like uh school to prison pipeline type type stuff, like mm -hmm. that's a that's a bad one. Um, you know, I just had a guess um who um he just he just got out um after he did a 12-year bid and he went in um at age 15. Um mm -hmm. and just and just like you know, kind of, and, and the thing is though, he he's super one thing I appreciate because he's super accountable. Like he's like he accepts, like, yo, I I made these decisions, man. Like I he had a he had a two-parent household, like and it's funny because it's like Sometimes we're put in a good position, like, you know, I guess on paper, but then like, I think sometimes like the physical environment too, like, um, yeah. it, it can really, it can really dictate what, what we do and, and our decisions, even, even if like on the outside looking in, it's like, yo, what made you, what made you want to do that? You know what I mean? Cause you had this in line, this in line, like looking, looking in retrospect, but, um, I guess that's for me, I think that's definitely the, one of the biggest ones. Like, just absolutely. I agree. I agree. That's definitely one of the biggest ones. Um, and I think another vicious cycle in the black community is broken homes. Yeah. Yeah. Broken homes. We have no family structure in the black community for the most part. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, there are families that do have both parents in the home, but predominantly, you know, today we see a lot of single moms raising children. So there's no father present. Um, yeah. and I think that makes a difference. As much as people don't want to say that a man in the household makes a difference, it does. It's only so much that a woman can teach. Yes, yes. And even and, and not even just for boys, even for women, like, you know, what yeah. I mean, like, I think women, like, I think people underestimate that, too, because, um, yeah, obviously, you know, our young black boys, I mean, like I had a, I had my father was in my life my whole life. You know what I mean, and, I, and even even though he made some missteps, like if he wasn't there, I would probably, you know, what I mean, I would be so contingent on like what my friends are doing and things like that but like he kind of taught me to be kind of like my own man so to speak um and and yeah that's that's a big deal there too so, but, what, I'm, I'm just curious when you say the same for women are you saying that they should have the woman in the home or they should have the male in the home no they should have the male in the home like i think it's i think it's important i think some sometimes we don't realize well i think we do realize it because you know daddy issues that's another vicious cycle too you know what i mean for women but like it's it's 
is so important though it's not just like you know male uh, a dad is not just important for young boys it's it's super important for women too because, for a female yeah. and the reason why you know i asked you that was because I live a story that most people can't identify with. I'm a young lady that was raised primarily by her father. Okay. Respect. Now, respect to now your you would think that because I'm a lady that was um, raised by a man, that I wouldn't have daddy issues, but I still had them. <laughs> yeah, because that dad, dad can only do so much, though. He's only exactly. one parent can only do so much. So, yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely was, you know, like I said, just something to overcome. That's how these vicious cycles started coming about. Because I'm just like, well, you know, from a dad's perspective, he could tell me, oh, you don't need no nigga for nothing. Don't let no nigga come in your house and just lay up, whatever, whatever. So as a woman, that made me hard naturally. Yes. And so as a older woman, now in my, you know, being 30, I had to be intentional about being soft. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now I'm like, before this, I'm looking around like, Oh, he just like everybody else. Yep. He's trying to get over. Like, you know what I mean? That mindset that my dad put in because he's a man. He knows what men do. But yeah. realistically, he didn't teach me the part about how a man should court a woman. How yeah. he should take her out on dates. How he should respect her. Like, those type of things. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, well, it's crazy, too, because like now, you know, rest in peace to this brother. You know what I mean? Uh, Kevin Samuels. And I don't know, you might not be a fan of him, but like I, I respected a lot of what he was saying. But like one thing that he always would say, though, is, you know, because some of the women, you know, that went on there, they kind of they kind of set themselves up. You know what I mean? And it's almost like a lot but, of women were delusional. Let's call it. OK. Like, all right. I'm, I, all right. As long as we on the same page. There. <laughs> I'm not a, now put, let's, let's say I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Samuel. OK. OK. But Kevin Samuel said some real stuff sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah well and and one of the things he would say is like especially these women that want to get married and stuff like that he he would often ask them he's like did your did your mother teach you how to be a wife whatever and like a lot of them was like what like what do you mean like what do you and he's like yeah like i mean because like you said like you know only having your father you know you're he's he's definitely probably focusing on the negatives of what men can do whatever but like you probably need your mom too to like you know give you that soft touch and, and that's what people don't realize um from a spiritual perspective you are a wife before you're a wife so it takes preparation like you want to be a wife so bad but do you cook i mean i'm sorry i mean i know these are traditional gender roles but yeah. do you cook do you clean from my perspective like are you going to pray for your husband like hold him up when he's out in this world like are you going to be his peace when he come home like yeah. are you able to communicate it takes a lot to be a wife and people don't realize that <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. they just want the, the wedding the glam. Like, everybody wants the ceremony they don't want the work that that one that it takes to get there but then they don't want to do the work after after they say the vows you know what i'm saying exactly. like, you know, so. because they don't realize it to be in a marriage that person is with you all day every day they are a completely different person you are two different people so you can't manage their emotions you can't manage what they're thinking at all times so it takes work it takes intentionality for y'all to sit down and say hey this is where we are where are we going? Yeah. And be on the same page at all times. People don't yeah. get it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh man, this is this is a good conversation, man. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. So um, yo, so in the film, right? Let's switch it up. Mm -hmm. In the film, it isn't enough that Malik had a side joint, right? You know what I mean? But the side piece also had an issue with an encounter at a restaurant with a white woman, right? Yes. So so um I don't know. So we're going to talk a little bit about interracial dating, uh, you know, and things like that. 
So like, um, is, is that like just is that like an automatic turn off for black women? You know what I mean? It, do black women always take that personal? And like, what I guess what what goes behind that? I guess you know what I mean. Well, when you watch the first one, you got to see how that scene plays out because Malik is a jerk. Okay, okay, <laughs> he's a jerk, but intentionally she deals with the situation the way that she does. Like, she just over-exaggerates the situation. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. It really was the waitress. But okay. to answer your question, um, I don't automatically look at a Black man and a black and a white woman and say, oh, my God, like, why are you with her? Okay. Um, for me, it's one of those situations of I can't stand when the Black guy is a coon. Like, okay. when, he, when he goes out of his way, to downplay a black woman yes. to boost yes. up her when it's not synonymous. You don't yes. have to put me down to pick her up. You like who you like, and that's okay. Yeah. But don't talk bad about me because yeah. now you're showing your mommy issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't see nothing wrong with um, interracial dating. I really don't. Now, okay. ultimately, would I do it? Probably not. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, really I want to be with somebody who can relate with my everyday struggle. Okay. That's the Okay, so you don't, so you don't buy into like the stereotype of like, oh, they're stealing our good man or nothing like that. You don't, you don't, you if look at it like that. They couldn't steal them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like we hate the guys that they got anyway. We don't want them. Okay, okay, we, okay. Like, if we were a black man, we got a good black man. Okay, okay. All right. The ones that they with half the time. Be using them. I'm just call a spade a spade. I, well, you, I remember you. That was a line in there, like where when he kicked her out the car, and she was like, "Oh, she just go use you for your money anyway." And I was like, "I don't know if that. I don't know if that because I know there's a lot of black men that date white women and they use the white woman. You know what I'm saying? Like they, you know, they like, well, no, that's what I'm saying though. Oh, oh, oh okay. Using the white women. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but. It's a level of accountability that I feel like the black men that do specifically seek out white women, they don't want the accountability that a black woman brings to the table. They okay. know a black woman is going to challenge them, make them be better, make them think about things that they never thought about. To me, it's a weak black man. Now, not saying that's all, because I'm okay. sure there are some, you know, prestigious, got their stuff together black men who are in healthy relationships with white women. I'm not saying that that's a everything. Yeah, but yeah. for the most part, I believe that that mentality comes from trauma. It okay. comes from trauma. Okay, okay. So, the, all right. So, this is where we, I'm gonna get a little transparent too. So, um, <laughs> I love black women. Like, you know, what I mean, like most all my life, you know what I mean, dated primarily black women. My my son's mother is a black woman. Things like that. Like, and that's the thing. I never will. I never talk bad about black women for any reason. You know what I'm saying? But like I ain't gonna lie, I'm in a I'm in a newer relationship, and it is first time in my life like with a white woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like I don't know, it's 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 kind of like I feel like um I haven't had any backlash or anything like that yet, whatever. But I feel like it's coming. You know what I mean? I feel like it's you know like there's almost gonna be like a you know, and I guess I got I got I got to deal with that whatever. But I think there are gonna be a contingent of people that's like. Like looking at me like like oh man like look look like why why are you with this woman whatever and you know I guess I was gonna kind of get into Michael B Jordan because um I don't know like like 
I, I kind of like so with him. I never heard him talk bad about black women necessarily. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's it's crazy because like he gets he gets a lot of backlash for dating white women, and then it's like for me, I didn't I didn't pick this woman because right. she was white. I didn't pick her right. because she was white. I mean, it was like you know, it was kind of like just an experience, and then and then it was like you know, I started to like fall for this person and like i really really mess with her vibe and and i i couldn't be with a white i couldn't be with a white woman that like one can't cook or nothing like that i couldn't be with a white woman that has no like um consciousness of our culture but also too i don't i i also didn't i just also didn't want to mess with a white woman that was like like on some like black fishing type stuff you know what i mean like like if you white like be white you know what i mean i don't right, want you to, right. yeah, like, be who I don't you want, are. yeah i don't want you to be an appropriator or anything like that but um i don't know so so it's like i mean it's interesting to say like i mean you love who you love you like you said you can you i think that's the fine line Okay. Like you're solid, you're secure, you're secure. Like man, you know what you want. Yeah, and it's not like you specifically was just like I'm going to downplay this person to go for this person. I don't have no problem with that. Like you, like you love who you love. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like that's where it's a fine line because okay. there's so many other men that aren't like you, that yeah, aren't yeah. thinking like you, that are hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah, yeah. And so they just like you know what? I know that this person hurt me, so I'm going to specifically go over here. And I think that they different because they got a different skin color. And I think that's unfair to a black woman to say, just because you're black, you're going to be ghetto. You're going to be loud. You're going to be this. Yeah. And then assume that the white woman is not going to be that because yes. they, they can be the same way. They have some of the same traits. Yeah, and so I think it's unfair. And it, that's where it comes to colorism and self-hate is really you hate yourself if you think like that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And that and that's one thing. Yeah, like definitely, I don't know. I, I don't get into conversations about like like as yeah, there are a lot of black men that that date white women and 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 but it, they preface it with like, oh, cause because uh, black women do this black women and it's like no women maybe how about just women do cer certain those things or like the women that you like do those and, and, things. I mean, and, and let's be real social media doesn't do black women any justice no it doesn't. we get we don't get to see a lot of educated respectable black women on the forefront because what goes viral is the bbls the ones that want to twerk the, the ones christian rocks guys which like <laughs> i was like the christian rocks you know what i mean like she I'm saying, so it doesn't do much to like, you know, make like big up the black woman and say, hey, there are some good black women out here. Yeah. And I think that's just what it is. They don't see enough black women to be like, I can conclude that black women are good. They see so much that they conclude that black women are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely a problem and uh, definitely don't support that. But um, yeah, man, you know, if, if you love who you love, like you said, man, don't. You don't got a big, you know, to 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 like, you know, to love who you love. You don't have to downplay another person to do that. You know what I mean? Like just to to build somebody else up. But um, speaking of, I I mentioned his name. So Michael B. Jordan. Um, so I don't know if you see, like, you know, a little bit ago he got into like an altercation on like the red carpet, uh, with a podcaster, media personality, L'Oreal, and uh, I guess she grew up with him in the same neighborhood. They went to to school, whatever. And apparently she called him corny back in the day uh, growing up. But then she actually said it on a po podcast somewhat recently. And um, so I guess I'll ask you, um, I guess then what I seen, though, was like women in the comment section kind of chiming in. And and automatically they were like, yeah, like Michael B. Jordan been corny because um, and, and they kind of reference his history of dating some white women and things like that. So I guess I want to ask you, like. 
Is he corny? Is is Michael B. Jordan corny? Because you say you love him. Um, and I, I, listen, I, that's my husband. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. In a polygamous relationship with him and Omario. <laughs> <laughs> that is my husband. No, but, but seriously, on a serious note, um, I feel like the same way I just said that black men are hurt, black women are hurt, and they're taking it out on an innocent person. Okay. No, I do not believe that Michael B. Jordan is corny. Okay. I believe that in black women's experience, they don't have enough experience with a good man. So okay. what a good man looks like, he looks corny. Like when you think about who they typically call corny, we talking about, what's his name? Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. We talking about Nick Cannon. Russell is corny though. Like he is <laughs> like, like just on like his person, like now he might be a good man to, I mean, to his wife. So stiff, but I don't think he's corny. Yeah, that, well, I guess I mean, it's a little synonymous <laughs> a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, he probably is a good man though. Like I don't, you know what I mean? And I, shout out to her and her prayer and all that, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Look, I need that prayer. Look, call him on the main line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you said like Russell Wilson, Nick Cannon, who else? Like, kind of like um those like, are the only ones that really come to mind but like i think that typically men who are good men get called corny because they're not you know trying to be seen they're not trying to be heard they're not flashy like i don't get corny vibes from michael b jordan like okay. he just seems like a practical guy like he's okay. very he seems like he's down to earth you know yeah. what i mean he know what he wants like he real low-key he's not really out in the media with his relationships like that yeah, and yeah. I just feel like women are reaching, like they reaching. They looking for any reason to just say something bad about him. Like it says, yeah. it's like that man ain't do nothing. Nobody for y'all to call him corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, and, I, I don't think he's corny in the sense of like look, look, just look at his success and yeah, like you know, like it's, it, it's funny, like because like. It, it must mean like corny must mean like be synonymous with like super successful because like yeah some of the guys that you named are super successful in in their fields um and it, it's just yeah it's kind of interesting like that take whatever how women were kind of digging at them um but th i think that conversation then kind of stemmed into something else because then um joe budden like he chimed in and he he called michael b jordan corny for <laughs> For his corny. and that's the thing, and and people was like the 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 kettle calling it, you know what I mean, like the pot calling the kettle black, you know what I'm saying, like 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 Joe Bunning does not necessarily have a, a good history of with women and and things like that, or even being like the coolest guy, or whatever. So he called him corny because he, I, I think it was more so like yo. You're you're a big star right now, you know what I'm saying? Like this is probably the most vis visibility that you've had in your career. And then he he felt it was corny to go out of his way to to kind of point out something, like point out like a uh, some hurt that he had from from a woman that called him that called him a name, whatever. And like and, and I guess because it's a black, you know, it's a black woman. Um, I, he 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 thought that was corny. Like, did you did you have any like ish like when when Michael B. Jordan said that? Did you think like he was out of line? Did you think like you know he he just got his you know his get back or like how how did you kind of re receive that? Well, so I didn't see the clip. So what did he actually say? Well, he kind so he so she she's like excited to talk to him, whatever you know. And she's very vocal and she has a distinct voice and whatever. And and she's like, oh yeah, we 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 went, uh, we grew up. You know, we went to the same high school, Michael. You know, and then um, and then he just stops her. He's like, he's like, yo, he's like, but like, 
I mean, remember when you called me corny, though? You know, whatever. And then she was like, no. And like, this is like in the middle of the red carpet. And she's like, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I called you that. I think you're misquoted. And he was like, and he was just like standing there looking at her like, 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 you don't think I remember that? Whatever. And it, it just kind of like, it's funny because it's polarizing. Like, there was a lot of men that were like, yeah, see, that's, you know what I mean? That's, that's well, what, me that's what you get. Just hearing what you just said, that was his get back. Okay, okay. And I'm get the same opportunity. <laughs> Look, back then you ain't want me. Now I'm hot you all on me. Oh, talk about it. Said it best. <laughs> so you think I'm supposed to forget that you talked about me in, in middle school, high school, wherever, yeah. and then you on my coattails. No, I don't have to do this interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's out. Okay, okay. I, that's his get back. I, I don't feel no way about that. No I feel no way. the same opportunity. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think I don't know if people was making like a, a race thing because like, oh, like why is he attacking black women? On, on, they probably on, did, but that's because everybody's so butthurt and sensitive about stuff. Yeah, like yeah. look at the facts. If she really did treat him that way, he felt a way about that, and he wanted to address it. Maybe he didn't address it then. Yeah, but he wants to address it now, and he deserves that right to address that then. All right. <laughs> the people have the people have spoken like and and like I thought I thought it was I thought it was entertaining at the very least. I don't know if it was corny. Like I said, yeah, you have the right to, you know, I think a lot of a lot of creators, you know, actors, musicians, whatever, they, you know, they don't get the opportunity to kind of do that. You know what I mean? And um, sometimes it is refreshing because, you know, even us, you know, content creators, us media personalities, like, you know, we got to be held accountable too. like, you know, what I mean, if I say something bad about somebody, if they if they want to come back and, and feel some type of way or they don't want to give me an interview because of the things I said, that's kind of like my, yeah, it's kind of like my karma. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. So you you get what you put out. Yeah, you get what you put <laughs> you out. You called yeah. man Courtney when y'all was in high school. Yeah. He would have gave you an interview. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's good. That's good. Um, I guess another topic then uh, just in the in the film. Uh, so it's it, there's some infidelity, obviously. Um, and I think, man, a man's worst nightmare is um, has to be getting caught up with with two women. You know what I mean? But the women actually teaming together, you know what I mean? To, and like kind of co you know, conspiring, conspiring against him, you know. And so I thought those scenes were funny in the church. Um, and it was weird because I was like, like, what? Uh, maybe that's like uh, like did she know that that woman was like a therapist like is she a therapist or something like that so like, she's not a therapist okay um, it, it's, it's a lot of context that you definitely would have gotten from the first one okay okay so basically when he met the side chick he came home late yeah. and laid in the bed next to his woman his phone was going off he went to the bathroom of course as a woman we're going to check the phone yeah, she saw pictures of the girl, okay. so it was just by complete coincidence that one day, as she was going into the church for like Bible studies, we assume you yeah. know she's going to the church, she sees the girl sitting on the steps, and then she decides, okay, well, I'm this spiritual woman. God is like, put her above myself, see if she's okay, and invite her in here for a conversation. Yeah, yeah. so that was supposed to just show a unity moment between. When black women in general, because I don't think that we get to see that a lot between black women. Okay, okay. Have Have you ever uh, been a part of any type of conspiracies like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, catching a guy and then teaming up with the girl. Has that ever happened to you? No, but I feel like I would enjoy it if I was. Ooh, <laughs> for real? 
I would be all for it. I'd be like, yeah, girl, let's come up with a plan. <laughs> well, all right. So what what would what do you think you would do? What would be the plan? I mean, if you had to think of one off the top of I your head. Just say the way it played out in the film. <laughs> now, but now I will ask you this because I ask everybody this question. Did you realize? And I'm this is spoiler alert. I'm I'm okay with giving a spoiler alert because it can only add to people watching it. Yeah. But that was a dream. Oh. That didn't actually happen. So he dreamed that or the the the, the uh, woman? Karen the... dreamt it. So, okay. so he actually fell asleep during the Pastor OBDN's commercial. Okay, okay. That was a dream. And then he wakes her up the next morning when he comes knocking at the door. And that was how it actually played out. Oh, see, all right, because that's where I was like, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, for him to apologize the way he did, I was like, I was like, I don't know how, how why she even want to see this guy like after that, like, or why would he even show up to her house after? Because she... when you really think about it, when they sit down at the table having dinner, they pretty much have the same exact conversation that they had at the dinner table at the front door. Ah, <laughs> that's deep. I like that. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, man, I ain't gonna tell. I, I, I'll tell you a little story too. But man, I got like I was I was in high school, so I was like junior high school senior. So this is like young love. Yeah, you know I mean whatever. Um, but I I got caught up one time, and like these girls, they kind of teamed up and like conspired against me um basically i was kind of like on a break so to speak with a girl but i still was messing with with the girl the the main girl and i was talking young to another guys love to be on a break young guy yeah <laughs> i was young i was young i, I i'll, I'll nah, take nah, all I'm the I'll, yeah no doubt no doubt but i'll take accountability <laughs> for that whatever and you know i started talking to this other girl and then somehow it it got it got out um and then you know it was funny too because I had a there was a female friend of mine like she was my best friend but she was kind of friends with my girl and she kind of like I, I still have not fully forgiven her because she's still my home girl but like I still haven't forgiven her because she kind of was part of the setup too whatever but anyway I remember yeah she's a woman at the end of the day she was like you know you wrong I'm gonna help them get that get back <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that and that's crazy that's crazy so. I just remember like uh, getting home from where I used to work at KFC. I was a cook, whatever. My my homeboy gave That's me. That's so funny. I All worked right? at KFC too. Did you? Did you? I worked at the one on um one thirty. I, I worked at both. I worked at the one on 30 and the one on memory lane. I transferred to the one on memory lane. So, okay. so come, coming home, whatever. And then I, you know, my, you know, the girl, my ex, whatever, you know, she, she's texting me and she's like, Oh, you know, come, come, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at your house, whatever. And I remember getting out the car and I remember <laughs> seeing, like, I remember seeing my girl, whatever, and then kind of getting closer to my porch and then like seeing, seeing the other girl. And I was like, what the and then like man my shorty slapped me man it was like a, it was a whole ordeal it was like it was kind of traumatizing but then the thing is here's the thing though i think the other girl thought she was safe in that in that uh realm whatever but then like because this was like kind of like summertime well i remember the first day of senior year my and and this was now she was officially my ex like i was not dealing with her because she was a little, you know she was a little wild she ended up beating the girl up the first day of school. Like, like it was crazy. So I was she like, did, See, look, she said, I mean, I used you to get to him, but now you got to get yours too. Yeah. So like, so I don't know if like, so I know that, you know, women want to team up, whatever, but like, I don't know if that's always a good idea because. I mean, it takes two mature women, put it like that. <laughs> okay. 
look for for the greater good. You know, we got to put him on the high seat, make him understand that he did wrong. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I would have got my get back the same way. I mean, oh. that's a that's a pleasurable moment to be like, oh, you thought you was like pulling the wool over my eyes? Oh, yeah. I got something for you. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Like, cause it was like it was like two months. I feel like like from when that incident happened to whatever, and it was like she still and like I wasn't even going out with her no more, and then she still decided like, yo, I'm a. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my get back on this girl now too, you know what I'm saying? So that was crazy. That's that was funny. a crazy moment. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy <laughs> moment, man. I know these people they probably watch the show, they're gonna maybe laugh, maybe they'd be mad. But this was like 15, 16 years ago. So they better, right, they better, right. they better get over like, it. They better get over it. Small. Everybody know everybody, so everybody gonna know what you talk about. They know, they gonna know. Yeah, my they gonna know. They gonna know. So <laughs> so all right, um, uh, and then I guess uh last thing with um just the content within the film, um, <laughs> just this idea of like parents lacking accountability. Um, so this day and age, it feels like we're so much more cognizant of like past trauma having an effect on our present. Um, but I think growing up in a certain generation, we have parents that have a totally different version of events, you know what I mean? And, and, um, like, and I wonder, like, is it human nature for your your parent to just kind of like deny your experience, or is it, you know, is it like, is it hurt, is it, or is it like a defense thing? I mean, where well, they? Well, I think it's a matter of perspective. Okay. Okay. Because we got to realize um, that when we were younger, we got to experience a version of our parents that wasn't quite mature yet. Yes. We got this experience, a version of our parents that was still trying to figure it out financially. You know, they didn't have all the answers. They just know what they knew from their parents. And so they did what they thought was right. Yeah. But not really realizing how it affected us because that was something that they never got an opportunity to experience was saying, hey, dad, mom, this is what you did. And this is how it made me feel. Yeah. So they don't even feel like we should be entitled enough to say that because I put food on the table. I put clothes on your back. I did everything I was supposed to do. What are you crying for? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're living, right? You're breathing, right? You're surviving, right? Like Exactly. So they were told to just survive and push through it. Yeah. And so they assume that that's what we're supposed to do too. But on this end, like you said, we're more aware of our feelings. We're more, like, we're actually trying to do better and break the cycle. Yes, yes, And yes. so now the cycle is starting with people in our generation. Yes. Because we don't realistically, we're we don't want to pass it on to our children. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. And so, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, and that's why vicious cycles are so good because it's now one helping us break our own cycles within ourselves. But hopefully, in the process of us dealing with things that we are dealing with and confronting with our parents, they can confront it with their parents because yes. they need to heal too. They never got a chance to. They never got a chance to. Dang, that's that's crazy. So would you be support? Like, do you think that like this thing, I guess even maybe because, you know, we come from a generation, I guess, you know, where, like you said, like our parents were trying to just, have, you know, survive and things like that. Do you think like it sh- there should be a movement for like families to like do some family therapy together? You know what I mean? Or do you think like people will be kind of resistant? Like, oh, that, well, no, what are you talking about? Like, we don't, well, we don't need to do all I that. Think, like, I definitely do think it would be resistance because one thing about our parents is they don't want to acknowledge anything. <laughs> they, do out. they don't want to take accountability for what happened because they think they're right. Yes. I yes. think what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in one-off scenarios, you have parents that are receptive to what their kids are saying because realistically those are conversations that I had to have with my dad 
like my don't get don't get me wrong. Like I said, most of my trauma, childhood trauma came from experiences with my father. Yes. But also let it be said that my father is one of my biggest supporters when it comes to my film and things that I'm doing. So that means that we had to have hard conversations before this film even became a thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want him to get blindsided. So we had to have hard conversations and he apologized for certain things and he hurt me. He still is who he is. I can't change him from being who he is, but just it was enough to just hear him acknowledge it. And so some people, and I hope that some people get to experience that. Not everybody yeah. will, realistically. But even with that being said, just because your parent doesn't acknowledge it, you still have to say it. It's, it's for your own healing. Yes, yes, yeah, like yeah, and and almost you, it's almost like standing up to the bully, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like if if you if you had like some bad experiences, um, you know, as an adult, you got to think about it. Like yo, you know what I mean? Your parents, you don't you don't want to hurt them, whatever. But like you got to keep it real with your parents sometimes, especially if if you're dealing with something that is you feel is still affecting you. Hopefully you get the reception that you, you know, a, a positive reception from it. But even if you don't, like you said, it's, it starts with just kind of getting it out there. Right. You, you know? got to be okay with not getting the response that you think you should. Yep. Like, like you absolutely have to think about that. When you're preparing for them hard conversations, think, okay, they could take it this way or they could take it this way. But either way, I got to be okay at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Whoo, man. That's is this is good, man. Talk about this film um yo y'all definitely gotta check that out y'all got y'all gotta you gotta tap into that uh vicious cycles uh malik's redemption we definitely gonna put um the description of, of that um we're gonna you know tag it um in the video and and everything and um uh, make sure y'all go check that out um so before we go before we go um I, I did have two little topics here um one i wanted to show like a little movie trailer for something that's that's popping um in the summer but then also two kind of speaking um that we're off of the movie but like kind of speaking on parents and talking about like cruel and unusual punishments right so like uh so and and I, w I guess I wanted to know, and this is the first question, but then I'm going to kind of give you a backstory. So I just wanted to know, like, as a kid, all right, so and this is interesting now. Now I have a different perspective you, since you grew up with your father. So uh, what's the worst punishment you ever received as a kid? So so the reason I talk about this was because this is like uh, one of my homegirls. Um, she's on Twitter and she just she just presented a poll question. And and it got a lot of like like it was like it got a lot of hits and a lot of people were like up in arms whatever um about it and she really just was asking the question um and because it's some based on what she's seen but um so basically uh, the the question was that she posed she was like is taking your child's door off the hinges cruel and unusual punishment whatever and yo the way that people were reacting they were like um yeah basic privacy is your right as a teenager and this and that like of course it's cruel and unusual and or and this and that whatever and you know she just asked a question now i thought i said you know depending on what it is i don't think it's cruel it's definitely excessive though i don't think it's cruel though because like if you if you have a sound reason for it like and i think there are there could be good reasons for it like if you have a, a, a young, uh, you, you have a son and he's in like maybe, you know, starting to get in gang uh, activity, you know what I mean? Maybe dealing with drugs, whatever. And you you need that transparency of like, yo, I, I mean, I need to be able to go into your room. Um, Obviously, privacy is important, but like I feel like, I don't know, maybe the, the right to privacy as a teenager, I, maybe that's like a new age thing. Because I felt like, you know, back in the day, maybe it's my trauma or whatever. I felt like, you know. 
parents, you know I mean, you living in their house, you know what I mean? You don't get to like, I mean, you might be able to hide some things from them, but like, that's not your right to hide things from your parents, especially if you're doing bad things. You know what I mean, like you got a firearm, you, you dealing drugs, you, you drink alcohol, like, like, I mean, shout out to the parents that want to be super vigilant about that and want to know whatever. But like, um, I guess like, yeah. Do you think like, is that, is that a wild punishment to take the door off the hinges uh, or whatever? Is that, is it cruel and unusual? How do you, how would you? So I laughed initially when you said it because I've never experienced it, but my co-host or sister talk, she has experienced it. And she talks about how that affected her. Oh, shit. Um, I didn't mean, so, I mean <laughs> to her, she probably would say it's absolutely a cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. I've never experienced that. I'm with like, my dad never was excessive as far as taking the door off the hinges. Why Why would he have to? He got a key. He can get in there. Yeah, get in so there, why yeah. why did he know that I knew? Because I knew he was in my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he used to sneak in when I wasn't there. Okay. I mean, I was like, yeah, it may be circumstances where you have to, like you said, your kid is just, I mean, out of control. Like, you need to be, like, on them. So I can see that. But now I do say that there are parents that just abuse their power and just be like, I'm just doing it just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you can see it both ways, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, it, you know, I mean, since it never happened to me, maybe yeah, my eyes, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. You know, what I mean, it's a little wild, but cruel. I don't know if it's cruel. You know, what I mean, but. But again, if it happened to me, I probably I might there I might be fucked up about it too. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. But it's what it is is control issues. Our yes. parents got control issues. They just want to be in control. And when they feel like they lose in control, that's just a way that they exert their control. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess then going back to the original question, then what what was the worst punishment you ever received as a as a kid growing up do you remember anything crazy or any you know uh, the worst and, 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 I, and i guess too you say it's about perspective like because what's worse to you because like maybe you weren't a bad kid whatever so like you know maybe just a stern talking to maybe a, i was a rebellious child you were very oh shit i and, and it's sad to say <laughs> because my dad was a police officer he's retired. oh so I think I think I just got to rise out of doing stuff to see if I can get away with it. <laughs> and oh no! <laughs> I can't get in trouble. I'm thirty. He can't yeah, get in trouble. nah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I was very rebellious as a child, so I did a lot of different things. I mean, I took the car, went joyriding. I mean, I did all types of stuff. I think that my worst punishment, because my father was, he had that military background, he had that police background, was he was just very um, strict. Yes, yes. So my punishments were, if I'm punished, like obviously no TV, no phone, no nothing, but he was excessive when he'd be like, you can't even take a nap. You can't go to sleep. Wake your ass up. <laughs> so it was that. Um, and how, oh my God, he, he just used to be excessive when it came to stuff like, oh, and growing up, he used to make me like look in the dictionary, write words and sentences and all okay. that type of stuff. So he was very like stern in that way. Yes, so yes. I mean, it probably sounds little to other people, but those experiences were just, to me, it was just like, you're going over, but I can't even sleep. Like I'm tired. <laughs> like I gotta wait till bedtime. Right, right, right. Yeah, I can't do nothing. You know what I mean? What'd you say? What'd you say? 
he saw that it wasn't phasing me. So now he had to figure out how to get to me. Yeah, yeah. Shoo, man. So I guess for me, the probably the worst punishment I received, and I, I just learned my lesson from it, whatever. But I remember, I would, yo, it was like I, I had bad grades. It was like in the middle school. It was probably like eighth grade. And um, I was on punishment for like a whole marking period. You know what I mean, like I couldn't go nowhere. And then my game, and my dad took my game system, and like I had to get distinguished honor roll. You know what I mean? To get it back, <laughs> not only to get it back, but like not to risk my summer. You know what I mean? Like I did not right. want to, cause cause I was already grounded for like two months, whatever. So like I I was like, yo, he's serious. Like he he's not playing. Like I I will be in this house like the whole summer, whatever. And um, so I I did get on the on the report card. I did get this thing with Shonero. I did have a B though in art, but like you know, since it's like an elective, like it don't really count against your thing. And I was like, I was like, I got a B, but like it's just art, whatever. And even though it did say distinguished, he was like, Nah, you good, man, you good. And then I yeah, that was like the worst thing because like you know, game systems. He took my game system, whatever. But um, yeah, never never had to take the door off the hinges. I ain't even really getting too much like physical, like you know. What I mean, I think my dad maybe popped me like twice in my life, and I can remember them times. But I agree, yeah. Same, same like, with me. Yeah, like, but he wasn't like like get a switch off the tree or nothing. Like he wasn't no Joe Jackson. Well, I, I had that type of rearing when I was growing up with my grandparents because when I was younger, like around elementary school, I lived yeah. with my grandparents for a period of time, okay. and that was when I got disciplined. Yes, yes, yes. So by the time I got to my dad, I think my dad did a really good job of allowing me to make teenage mistakes. Okay. Like, and I even joke with him today because I have younger siblings. I have two younger siblings that are in high school right now and they be doing stuff. And I'm just like, I look like the favorite kid, don't I? I did typical teenage stuff, like sold a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we can laugh about it. But I think he did a good job of just allowing me to experience teenage stuff, but at the same time, laying the law down and let me know, okay, you can only go for so far. That's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And shout out to your dad, man. He, you know, seems like he did a good job overall. I mean, you might be dealing with some things, you know what I mean? And like some of them vicious cycles still trying to break that, but he probably did the best that he could. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and he, I, he definitely gave me a lot of tools to get through life. He was very yeah. hard on me, yeah. but I wouldn't be the woman that I am today without it. Yeah, shout out to that man. Shout out to that. So, um, and then um, right before we go, last last thing, last thing. So I want I, I just kind of want your opinion on this. Um, but there's a there's a trailer for a new movie called The Blackening, whatever. So I want I want you to see this. I'm gonna share this on the screen here, and uh, mm -hmm. I might have to turn it down because it might be a little loud. But let's uh, let's do that real quick. Let's see. Yeah, right. We got I got it queued up. Oh my god, that thing looks scary. That thing looked crazy. That thing looked crazy. All right, let's uh hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was gonna be like a real scary movie. But yeah. no, like it's it's pretty much satire. Like it's a lot yeah. of just stereotypes that black people can relate to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So will will you be seeing that? Like, you know, I, I'm a I wanna see that in I I do. I'm excited about that. That's that seems really good. Yeah. I'm it's definitely a must watch. I just hope that it's not one of those movies where you got to see all the good movies, all the good moments in the trailer, and uh, then you sit there and then you be like, "Really?" Yeah, yeah, that would that would be yeah that would be a little bit of a letdown there. So, but I'm gonna still I'm gonna still give it a try though because it was too funny just watching the trailer to not give it a try. 
Yeah, yeah. So when's the last time I feel like we had like uh like where where they built good anticipation for like a black comedy like uh, outside of like Tyler Perry because like Tyler Perry is like you either love it or you hate it whatever. But I mean like something that's kind of like universal. Like when's the last time we had that? You know what I mean? In black comedy. Mm, it's been I don't a, know. It's been a while, I mean, a right? Lot of people were let down by you people. Oh yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Because everybody like <laughs> like the same thing happened with them. They piped that movie up to be so funny. It's supposed to be the comedy film of the century, and then yeah. you get on there and there's nothing funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coming so, to America Two was not that good. Yeah, you know I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really wasn't. feel but that. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know because I don't. I'm one of those people. I'm stuck in my old ways. I don't watch a lot of new movies to be honest. I'm okay. like I'm one of those people. He said I watched Friday twice. Watch Friday a million times. Yeah, and it's my go-to. If I want to just sit down and laugh at something, I'm putting Friday. Okay, okay. Respect, so I'm, respect. I'm guilty of just living in the past. So I, okay. I can't tell you. Yeah, I think it's been it's been a while. It's like it's been a long time, man. I can't. And like I said, I, like I don't know Roscoe Jenkins. Like I don't know. Is it something that old? Like I don't know. Like I mean, but it's it's good. I think it's good for the culture. Um, I think we, I think we need something like that. Like I said, outside of like the, you know, the Tyler Perry type of genre of, of comedy. I think, I think this is uh, something, I think this, this should be big. I think it should be big. So, um, and shout well, out to my origin. Catch, catch on to it because I didn't, I never got wind of it until you just showed it to me. So hopefully more people see the previews and be like, all right, we're going to go see this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know how it is. It's an experience. Yeah. You know I mean, when, when we all get to the theater at the same time and like a movie like that, you go, we in there cracking up. We in there cracking up. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a good time, man. So, um, yo, so yeah, I mean, to wrap it up, did you have a good time today? I sure did. Like it was a wonderful way to start my Saturday morning. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, yeah, man. Um, I, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Like I said, man, really, really dope project uh, you got there. Um, I, I, this is a really dope conversation, and um, you know, I, I, I hope for the best. Hopefully, we could work together again on on some other um, type of stuff. Uh, any other projects you got going on? Um, I don't know if y'all got guests on Sister Talk, and I ain't a sister, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, we got a sister, but we definitely feel like we need to add the misters in there somewhere. Cause I, I don't know, I don't know if we hitting the demographic right now, but we definitely <laughs> want to add the two. That's the that's the stuff. So. Um, before you go, um, where can people find you on social media? Um, you can well first before and, I, and I, plug and plug and yeah, plug whatever you got going on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I did want to just say I appreciate you having me on as well, all and right. I thank you for taking the time to view the project and appreciate it and all of that good stuff. So I hope that your your podcast continues to grow. I just want to first say that. Thank you. Um, and show my appreciation. But they can find me at goldchain underscore underscore diva on Instagram. TikTok and then Tira Arrington on Facebook if you still on Facebook. <laughs> okay, okay. That's what's up. Yo, y'all y'all heard it, y'all heard it here. Again, uh, you know, check out uh Vicious Cycles, Malik's Redemption. Uh now I'm about to go and watch that first one, you know what I mean, and see the old Malik and and how that all kind of ties together. You know, I, I'm, I'm, kinda... I'm curious your thoughts after you watch that first one. Like, I'm curious, you know, what you'll think. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'll definitely DM you. I'll, I'll let you know what I what I thought about that. And uh yeah, man, this is another episode of the 280 Plus podcast, y'all. We out. Peace. Ha <laughs> <laughs>